Welcome to another episode of Nikki's Thoughts Podcast. I am your girl, Anna Cole, and I would like to thank you for tuning in for another episode. And if you are a new listener, I'd like to give a special welcome to you, and I hope you stay for a while. And I would like to um, remind both parties to rate, review, and tell a friend just how dope you think this podcast is, right? So, I know that I am coming off. It's been a minute. It's been, what, two months since I last spoke with you all. And I am so sorry um, for going off on a hiatus. But I was tired. Um, You know, it was like, a, I, don't, I don't mean to sound like crazy or anything. Um, but the people who know, know. There's like this shift in like the universe that was like, you know, resetting and rewiring all of us. Um, and I just had to take a break, you know. Um, and I also I really wanted to experience my summer. Um, even though I had um events lined up, I still wanted to spend time and just live. Uh and just um, enjoy the people in my life, the close people in my life. So, um, and the biggest thing is I wanted to assess what no longer served me. I wanted to really split myself open and say, okay, where does A. Nicole want to go moving forward? You know, it's time to really level up. And I just felt that calling like, hey, you got to start um, assessing and deleting shit you know, and people, you know, and things and places that no longer serve you. So I had to do some soul searching, y'all. And um, from what I've seen on social media and also the consensus from my friends is a lot of people have been going through this as well. So um, if you all have out there and maybe you haven't shared this, um, it's normal and you're not alone, you know. Um, so I really had time to just like purge and just hard reset and I'm thankful, but I want to say that in the interim of my hiatus, I did conduct my sold out mending space retreat in the Catskill mountains, um, for Labor Day weekend. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Like we had like a dope all black shoot. Like, we did candle magic, we did water rituals, we danced, we saged, we, man, we did everything. So shout out to the ladies who attended that. Um, I just really, I just really enjoyed it. I was like, yeah, I'm like doing what I'm here, doing what I'm here for. Um, also in my hiatus, I created a new business. I created a new brand, a new baby. Um, and that is the Hedonist Playground LLC. And I want to talk a little bit about the Hedonist Playground. I'm not going to bore y'all and like, you know, give you all an instructional, but, um, I found myself being a little bit jaded with the women's events. Like I just found that the market was a bit oversaturated. Like everybody wanted to, everybody wanted to do women empowerment events. And like, I just, I just wasn't of it anymore. 
Um, I just saw some things that I wasn't feeling. And I just felt like, like I said, it was just redundant. Um, and I always wanted to delve into um, human sexuality. So um, I wanted to change gears and instead of like doing the healing or not even the healing, but the women empowerment events, I wanted to create spaces for women to express themselves sexually um, and, and just pursue their passions and, you know, their pleasures and everything in a judgment free zone. And I think that that is important for us, particularly black women, you know, um, who we are objectified. You know, where um, our orgasms don't belong to us, our sexuality, our sensuality does not belong to us. You know, every, we have to toe this imaginary fucking line of virtue set by men, you know? Um, And the second, you know, we may deviate from it, we get called a hoe, you know? Even though we have the same morals of you're a common gentleman. You know, where they are considered gentlemen, we're considered whores. So um, I wanted to create that space for women. So I um, kicked off my first event, the Hedonist Playground, um, which was a sexy pajama um, and lingerie soiree. I did it in Brooklyn and it sold out. So shout out for that. And it was absolutely amazing. I had erotic poets. I had um, a bondage class or bondage session. Um, We had male entertainment. Um, we had games and contests by my girl, Culture Candy, my sponsor, Culture Candy. Um, check her out. That's at Culture Candy at K-U-L-L. That's how she spells culture. K-U-L-L-T-U-R-E-D and K-A-N-D-Y. So, um, yeah, shout out for that. So make sure you are following the page on Instagram, which is at Hedonist Playground, and our website is www.thehedonistplayground.com. Um, I am planning Nikki's um, Drink House, which is an all-inclusive slumber party for grown-ass women that is coming up in January, and I'll be doing Nikki's Playhouse for a special Valentine's Day soiree, lingerie soiree. That will be um, in February, so make sure you are subscribed to the mailing list to be a part of that. I am also creating a trip to Hedonism, the resort, in Jamaica. So um, make sure you're following us for that. Um, that's another thing that I did. I went to Jamaica for my birthday. My birthday was September 13th, and I went there for two weeks. And, you know, my friends came to visit me and I got to go to Hedo with my girlfriends, and then I went with Patrick. I went with Patrick the week um, following, and it was just like, just amazing. Like both times, like I had like such a great time. So um, I'm just really excited for this new um, chapter in my life. So um, everybody is focused for 2020. I know I am, and I really wanted to come back. Um, with the Nikki's Thoughts podcast and talk about, you know, and help and assist with this transition into 2020. And we're about to enter Mercury retrograde again um, on Halloween. Actually, we are now in the shadows. So um, I kind of wanted to assist everyone with navigating through it. And um, for the longest time, people have been asking me to do a podcast on emotionally unavailable people, particularly 
um, unavailable, emotionally unavailable men. It was typically women asking me to talk about um, emotionally unavailable men and just navigating with that, like what were the signs and what you could do. So um, I kind of had it on the back burner, like, ah, you know, I'll do it. Um, I'll go there because some topics, it just be like really heavy to like, all right, let me get myself together to talk about that. So sometimes I just want to keep it light with y'all. And like, if I keep it like a little heavy, I got to like prepare myself for that, you know, center myself for that. So, um, recently I had a situation happen with this. Um, so I had like, I had had some words with my mom. It had gotten heated or whatever, going back and forth. And, like, the conversation just, like, it triggered me to, like, being a kid, you know, just, yeah. So, like, um, I when I ended the call with her, um, I turned to him. Well, not I turned to him, but I ended the, the phone call with her. And then it, when we were leaving, what well, first one, she and I were going back and forth. He was just like, you know, no, 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 you know, whatever, like trying to, you know, stop, you know, the conversation, whatever. So, um, when, um, I was actually, I was, I was heading to drop him off. So when we got to his house, um, you know, I was just like, I was upset and I just was like, you know, how could she say, you know, X, Y, and Z when she knows that, you know, A, B, C, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And like. I was like upset, like to the point where I'm like talking and like, as me, I shut down when I'm upset. Like I just like go into my head. So like, I'm like trying to talk it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm trusting this space with you to, um, disclose how I really feel. And like, when I tell you, like, I just looked up, like I connected eyes with him, um, and he was looking at me like, I don't want to hear this shit. Like, I, whatever. Like, I would really rather be on my way. Like, shoulders slumped in. Like, <laughs> like, I don't want to hear that shit. And, like, that triggered the fuck out of me because, like, I've always had to be like the strong one, like the strong sibling, the strong friend, um, you know, the strong one in the marriage, the strong parent, like all of that. And so like, even when I was a kid, like trying to like convince my mom or like even people like, Hey, like when I'm upset and like people just, they don't want to hear it. You know, it's like, they got their own shit going on or it's like, no, 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 you're strong. You're fine. And like, like, I just felt like a kid, like in front of him, like jumping up and down, like waving my arms, like, listen to me, listen to me. And this nigga was like, okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is a gentleman I'm talking to. So I just stopped and I was like, um, hmm, I see that I'm bothering you. I'm sorry for this energy exchange. And I turned, I stepped off the um the curb, walked over to my driver's side of my car, and when I went to go put my car in gear, 
I remember him leaning down, like through the window um, of the passenger side and was like, um, I, I was, I was listening to what you, I mean, I was listening to what you were saying. I fucking floored it. Hit, hit the motherfucking bricks, duke. And I just was like, man, like this is somebody who says they're feeling me, says they're digging me, um, you know, feeling like this whole partnership and like, I'm like coming to you and like, you don't have nothing for me. And I'm not saying to help me solve my problem, but not even a, I understand it just will calm down, you know, like, all right, you off the phone now. All right, chill, you know? And like, when I talked to my mom about it later, she was like, well, you know, some people are like maybe uncomfortable with like conflict between mom and the daughter. And I was like, hmm, maybe, but it wasn't even like, like I could see it be me and her, me and you was like, and B and you know what I mean? Like, come on. Um, and I said, but even with that, I provide him with that space, you know, because I have been his confidant, you know, shit that goes on with his family that I'd be like, nigga, I don't know how the fuck you do this shit. I ain't with this motherfucking bullshit, but I listen and I'm there. And I'm like, you know, that's what I mean is like, I'm always the one that people can come to. I'm always the one that even though I may not be feeling what the fuck you going through, or maybe I just don't want to fucking hear it. Like I hear people's problems 24 motherfucking seven. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm in motherfucking psych mode 24 motherfucking seven. Like, do you think I want to fucking listen to a friend or somebody I'm dating, whoever their shit, they pile shit on me, especially for free. No. So I just was like, no, mom, because I gave, I give him that, you know, like, like really like crying. You can like, literally you can cry on my shoulder and I'm not saying you had to solve my problem, but to, to be there. And then when I say, you know, I'm, I see that I'm bothering you and I leave, nigga ain't even be like, no, you're not bothering me. Wait a minute. You know, I'm just listening. Like try to play it off. Nothing. You know, so <laughs> blickety block, blickety block, blickety block that bitch on to the fucking next. So I just realized, no, like this emotionally unavailable shit is fucking real. And I'm fucking affected by it because I hit my tipping point where like, I'm tired of being the emotionally available one, you know, and then when it's my turn, it's like, <laughs> no, get that shit the fuck up off of me, please. So, all right, y'all got me. We're going to talk about dealing with emotionally unavailable people. And I'm going to talk in the context of emotionally unavailable men. Um, but this applies for both men and women. Okay. So without further ado, let's get into today's topic, shall we? She's being truthful. I told y'all you can trust a Virgo, eh? Okay, y'all. So, emotionally unavailable men or women can make for terrible fucking relationships, right? But luckily, it's not difficult to spot them if you know what to look for. 
And I am going to show you the signs and provide you with a background behind the psychology of emotional needs or emotional unavailability. Okay. So let's talk about the main signs and characteristics of emotionally unavailable men or women. So the first one is they put business above all money, money over bitches, uh, niggas over bitches, money over bitches, uh, cars over bitches, all those type of dudes, MOEs, you know, money over everything, those. You know, um, and let me say this, business is important and one can prioritize business and still be emotionally available. Y'all know this. Y'all know this. Don't try to sit here and act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about, you know, but however, when a person can only talk about business goals or material achievements, that is a red flag of emotional unavailability. You know, like, yeah, I'm in my I'm in my bag. You know, those types. Now I ain't got no time. They're telling you. They're telling you. Listen to them. I'm in my bag. I ain't got time for, for this. I ain't got time for that. You know, I'm focused. You know, I'm on this paper. You know, all of that. They're letting you know, baby. You know what the price is. What priority one, two, and three is. Okay? Now you make the motherfucking decision, okay? You make it. You know, um, and sometimes this is a simple phase of life for people, you know, however, sometimes that's their true emotional self and you have to use your discernment. What does your spirit tell you? You know, a lot of times we fucking, um, put away what spirit is knocking on our door trying to tell us about people, you know? So what is spirit telling you? How do you feel? You know, how are you resting? All of that. Okay, let's get to the next one. Number two is stonewalling. So let's talk about what stonewalling is. Stonewalling is defined as refusal to communicate and cooperate. You know, when someone just turns into a brick wall. Um, the young man that I had my soul tied with. Uh, the tourist gentleman who is leaving comments on my damn page to um call him um as uh, recent as two days ago, <sighs> moving right along, was famous for that. So stonewalling serves emotionally unavailable people to avoid emotionally difficult topics through silence, topic changes, leaving the room, or in most abusive people, lashing out in aggression, right? You ever have a uh, be with somebody and you know they always walking out? You can't have no conversation with them. They, I'm done talking. And that's the shut the fuck up. I'm done talking. Oh, you don't want to shut the fuck up? I'm leaving. You know, because at the end of the day, you want to get the message that I'm I'm not talking about this. You know, hanging up the phone, people who just click up on you. And let me tell you this, that is the biggest form of disrespect to me. One of the biggest forms of disrespect to me in a relationship, in a friendship, any type of um, union between two people to hang up the phone, especially while they're talking. Basically, you're saying what you got to say is not important to me, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to execute power over this situation and mute you. 
Yep. That's how it is. Beneath me, and every person who has hung up the phone on me will tell you from the other side of my block call list that they have rude the motherfucking day. And they have motherfucking regretted that motherfucking day because Mitt Mattelia team. that was the fucking last time we had a conversation with each other. You know, oh, you, you, no, 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 no. We don't, got, we don't got nothing to talk about, remember? You hung up on me. So that's it. That's that on that. Yes. So back to the manuscript, y'all. Not all men avoiding intimate topics are emotionally unavailable. However, this is an indicator. You know, so again, check your gut. Listen to that intuition. Moving on, number three. When they are all logic and absolutely no fucking feelings. Like none. I'm going to say this. There's nothing wrong with being rational. There's nothing wrong with being I'm a rational person. You know, rationality is great. But when it's only rationality, when it's always rationality, then it means it must crowd out something else. That something often is emotions and feelings. There's no place left for them. To deal with the partner's heavy emotional moments only rationally and matter-of-factly is a big indicator of emotional distance. I'm just going to look at this shit abstract, and I'm not going to put no feeling in this. You know, I'm not giving you that. I'm not giving you vulnerability. I'm shut off. I'm just going to look at the facts. Like how they do in court. You know, in court, they don't give a fuck, especially in court for us. They don't give a fuck the facts and sometimes the lies. You know, alternative facts. They don't give a fuck. That's how, that's the same way. If they're looking at you like that, yeah, that's a sign and a symptom. Okay, next, let's talk about physical distance. Number four, emotionally unavailable people sometimes carry their emotional distance in the physical realm. It can become a vicious circle where the emotionally open partner, afraid of giving too much and being spurned, shows less and less. Until the partner who is in touch, in touch, excuse me, with their emotional side becomes emotionally starved, lonely, and isolated. When people tell you I got trust issues, run! <laughs> when people tell you I don't let people get close, that day when they're talking about that distance shit, listen to that. Hello, come on, booze. When people are telling you, you know, no, I've been burnt before, you know, I've been I've been close to the fire, I don't get close to the fire no more, or I ain't trying to go down that road no more, talking about that distance. Yes, ma'am, and yes, sirs. Emotionally unavailable. Okay. So here are some signs and symptoms, <laughs> the really signs of physical distance, you know, what it could look like as well. Avoiding hugs, you know, oh no. Or like when you, when you go to hug them and go in for that kiss and they move that, that fucking, that, 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 uh, that face when they be doing the snake, when you be trying to, you know, kiss them or whatever, when them girls be no doing the motherfucking snake with their neck. Yeah. That. You know, patting you on the back. Huh, that is a... <laughs> if y'all out here letting people pat y'all on y'all fucking back. <sighs> when I see you on the streets. Yes. 
you know, never initiating PDAs, never initiating handholding, you know, never initiating touching, you know, never initiating intimacy, you know, connecting with you intimately, you know, asking you about your day, asking you, you know, if, if, if shit that bothered you, you know, if, 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 if you solved it, do you need help solving it? None of that. They don't care. You know, they don't, they don't do that caressing or that cuddling. You know, they may sit away from distant at, at a distance. They avoid kissing you. You know, I don't know how people in whole ass relationships and they not kissing they mate. I don't understand that, you know, but let's move on to number five. Text over face to face. And I know this is going to spurn a lot of y'all. Especially as we are in this technology age, but y'all are letting people use this technology age against you. Long distance communication medium feels safer to emotionally distant people, especially written and asynchronous communication. When you notice a pattern where your relationship issues end up being discussed over text, that's a red flag. So if you only text this person or you only receive text messages from this person during a certain time, oh, that's a big red flag for this and some old shit. Okay. You know, or like, um, if you, when you do get on the phone with them, they just hurry up and hop off the phone or be like, oh, I ain't want nothing. Get off the phone with you, but then go back to texting. I thought you didn't want nothing from me, but now you texting these motherfucking novels and shit. You know, that's a sign when a dude is just texting you or when a gal is just texting you, like that's their preferred method. Outside of other, you know, like face-to-face contact or even the intimacy of hearing your voice and you hearing theirs, that is a sign. Hello? <sighs> um, next, forced calmness, right? Mirror neurons help us feel what the people around us are feeling. So when we are very tense, the people around us tend to tense up as well. And same goes for emotions. When you're riding high on emotions or showing plenty of love to them, are they always stone cold, calm, no matter what? No matter what type of love you're giving them, no matter how much love you are putting up on them, good intentions, all of it, they're not soaking none of that shit up. None of your good intentions, none of your good energy is just they just cold. If so, that's an indicator that they are out of tune with your feelings and they could be emotionally unavailable. You know, you know, dude, like check their breathing. Is it edgy? Is it shallow? Is it nervous? Is it heavy? You know, check, check, check them when they're around you. How do their spirits react to you? I always ask this to people about, you know, their mates or people that they have relationships with, how does your energy respond to theirs? Have you really set aside time to sit back, shut the fuck up, and let spirit leave the exchanges that you have with these people and let your spirit talk to their spirit, communicate with that motherfucker and see what's really going on, who's really behind that motherfucking mask? Because that can alleviate all of this shit and save everybody a whole lot of motherfucking time if you allow your spirit to communicate. Okay. Next, hot and cold. So sometimes you will see relationships that seem to go well and move forward. Then suddenly, 
the other person disappears or changes. Then they go back to being good, but you're never sure. They always seem to tether between amazing and open to cold and shifty. This might be a positive sign as it shows that they are afraid of emotional commitment, but at the same time, at least they're capable of it. So there could be potential, but don't you run with that potential word. Don't you run with that potential word. Don't you run with that potential word. Oh, I said it before I thought about it, before I could take it back. Y'all motherfuckers will run on potential. And we're not doing that no more. Remember, we're not doing that in the year of our Lord. We talked about that shit in this year's New Year Revival. We're not doing that. I know I've been away, but I remember this shit. I still got my notes. All right. Um, But it's still far from certain that they will eventually be fully open or that it will happen with you. (laughs) Y'all hear about it or maybe you've experienced it. You be with a dude, they or be with a young lady, and they just fucking dust buckets. And then they move on with somebody else and they prince motherfucking charming and motherfucking uh princess motherfucking Tiana. Or princess from motherfucking crime mob. And you like, well, wait a minute, you wasn't like that with me. Are you willing to wait and take that gamble with this motherfucking emotional roller coaster that they taking you on? You know? You can pick and choose what motherfucking theme park you choose to entertain yourself at. You know that, right? If them rides he putting you on, if them rides she putting you on and shit ain't motherfucking work, that motherfucking ticket, exit motherfucking theme park. Do you hear me? Next, let's talk about sudden coldness. Narcissist individual will often start relationships, pedal to that motherfucking metal. You will feel like you are being swept off your feet and you are falling into this big ass abyss of love. But then they suddenly change and they become cold and distant. <clears throat> Which also for me, you're in a relationship with a motherfucking sociopath. But that's a horse of a different color. And that's another show. Okay? That's another episode. Okay? So think about that. As well, just all of a sudden, just cold. Just cold. You know? Like, he ain't nothing like the boy you used to know. Check it. Next. Anger to cover up more vulnerable emotions. This is a big one, y'all. Anger is an emotion, so it might seem like it is the domain of emotional people. However, anger can also serve as a mask to cover emotions which are more difficult to express. You will recognize the difference when anger is used in situations where despair, tears, or sorrow would be a more normal response, right? Um, so let me give you an example of this. I don't know. Maybe Big Mama died. You know, I don't, I don't wish that on Big Mama. God damn it. Yeah, you just see, you're not, you're not thinking before you're speaking tonight, Nick. But I said it, so let's go with it, right? <clears throat> so let's say Big Mama motherfucking died, right? And, like, why he should be over here, like, hey, grief, going through that process, allowing himself to cry, allowing himself to process that emotion, allowing himself to feel that sorrow, allowing himself to just release and cleanse. While he should be over here listening to motherfucking R. Kelly, Sadie Mae, 
you know, reminiscing on, you know, that early one Sunday fucking morning. And when she said to him, boy, hurry to Sunday school. You know, she's loving us all in her special way. Why he should be singing that motherfucking bop. He over here, the motherfucking Tasmanian devil instead, you know, fucking going back and forth in the motherfucking house like Mama Payne, wrecking shit. You know, putting his fist through walls and shit. Maybe roughing your motherfucking ass up. Maybe roughing the fucking kids up. He just aggressive. You know? I don't know. For the young lady. Maybe she find out. I don't fucking know. Her hairdresser was talking shit about her and said, you know, it was one time she didn't have all her money. I don't know. Or, you know, her edges is getting thin. I don't fucking know. And instead of her, you know, processing and, hey, I don't like that. That hurt me. Or not even the hairdresser. That was a horrible analogy. My apologies, you all. Um, Maybe, you know, her and her best friend got into it. Her best friend betrayed her. Yeah, this is much better. I'm sorry, y'all. Best friend betrayed her. You know, and instead of her, like, saying, yo, man, because I, I know a lot of women. This is something that I had to work on. Like, she hurt me. You know, when, when another sister hurts you, and to be able to, like, vocalize that, like, yo, she fucking hurt me. You know? Like, oh, my God. So that was a revelation. That's one thing that I learned about, you know, this year, too, like, release. And that was something that I was able to seal, you know, and heal and all of that shit. But anyway, instead of, like, really talking that shit out, she won't fight. Oh, my God. You know, when I see that bitch, you know, da 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 You know, you know, she do see the girl and she wilding out and they can't nobody stop her or whatever. Instead of just saying, yo, you fucking hurt me. You know what I mean? And I want to express this and I don't know how to. And the only thing I know is aggression. So that is a example um, of using anger to cover up more vulnerable emotions and in situations where they should be crying, in situations where they should be grief stricken, in situations where they should really be processing some, you know, heavy shit, they fucking turned up in one motherfucking fight. You know what I mean? They turned up and ready to motherfucking um, just, you know... speakers go motherfucking hammer so let's delve into this a little bit more um do emotionally unavailable people change yes they can that can be the change the case of of course excuse me but that they can change it doesn't mean that they will that's what i'm saying like i don't want you to hold on to this big possibility at your expense because it's at your expense you know, hey, you, you doing that time, you doing that bid, you know, cause they, they live in their life freely because <laughs> you're doing the time, you know? Um, so I'm going to go over some common sources of emotional unavailability and, you know, how to, you know, work with them, cure them, um, um, attack them, alleviate them. So one of them is personality disorders. Um, sometimes emotional unavailability is the consequences of personality disorders such as narcissism or in worst cases, um, like I was talking about, um, the gentleman may be uh, a sociopath. So, um, in these cases, 
leave right now, please, because there is no cure. You need to distance yourself. Um, in the worst case, you might want to do it cautiously, too, um, because some of these individuals, they can be very dangerous and abusive, you know? Um, next, let's talk about protection walls. In some cases, emotionally unavailable people hide their emotions to protect themselves. It can be because of past heartbreaks, traumas, or because they're scared of falling in love with you. Sometimes it's unconscious, some other times fully conscious. Examples. The last words of a woman that, you know, a friend of mine, like, before they disappear from his life a couple of years ago was, oh, I need to protect myself. You know what I mean? Um, I got trust issues. I, I just really need to protect myself. I'm not trying to get hurt anymore. Like, went into, like, this big spill about it and just, like, went fucking Carmen San Diego on his motherfucking ass. You know what I mean? Like, just, just ghost. Shay Shayla ghost. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, so watch out for that, too. You know, like I can't I can't take another heartbreak or, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself. You know, I just I just got to put a wall up, you know, so I don't get hurt no more. Please take fucking heed. I tell you all this all the time. People tell you they motherfucking blueprint. If you fucking listen. You pick up on the motherfucking behavior indicators and the shit that they motherfucking say, you know, um, so let's talk about the cure for this. If you like each other and it's conscious, give them time and show them your love first. But I'm not saying jump through hoops for these motherfuckers. It's a thin line between that. The feeling that they're not alone and their emotions will reassure them that it's safer than they think. The more they feel safe in the relationship, the more they can lower their wall. If it's unconscious or because of past trauma, you may want to suggest that they enter therapy. You know, so that they can really heal in real time, you know, um, and they, they receive the professional help that they need and deserve, you know. Um, next, we're going to talk about um, with men, mask of masculinity. So men can act um, emotionally unavailable because they think that being distant, fully rational or unemotional is how real men behave. And I'm not saying this is all men. So please, brothers, if you're listening and this is not you, sir, I am not talking about you. I am not generalizing you. I am saying some men, some men, especially emotionally, not even especially particularly emotionally unavailable men. Okay. I don't want no motherfucking trouble. Okay. I don't need nobody coming up to me talking about you shouldn't have quarreled with honorable fucking Elijah Muhammad. No. So um, these type of men either think that it's what's expected of them or believe that this is how the ideal man is. So how this can be combated is knowledge, age, experience and maturity usually cure the mask of masculinity. Right. Um, watch the company that your man keeps himself around, <laughs> especially his mentors, especially the older folks, the people, not even the older folks, because you can be influenced by people your age or people younger than you. You can be influenced by your peers. That's why <laughs> peer pressure. So watch their circle, you know, watch how they treat women or how they treat men, you know, um, for my brothers listening, because I need for you to watch the company that she keeps, you know, her mentors, you know, or the people who influence her life, you know, her good, good girlfriends, you know, and you may want to, especially if they're willing to work and do the work, 
you know, like encourage them to have exchanges or new connections with influential people, you know, who are more so like who they want to be. You know, environment is a motherfucker. We can talk nature versus nurture all motherfucking day. So, yeah, um, think about that. Um, It's difficult to accelerate this process from the outside. And um, sometimes people might not ever compete, especially if you got people like this is who I am. They they stuck in their ways. You know, you got stubborn people. You know, you got to accept me as I am. You know, you you trying to change me and, you know, gaslighters and stuff like that. You know, you got to think of that, too. You know, next achievement first and love second. Some people need to achieve a certain goal or reach a certain financial stability before they can allow um, fully a space for love, family, and relationships. You know, sometimes people won't feel accomplished enough or man enough or woman enough, you know, or boss bitch enough or, you know, securing the bag enough or being in my bag if they don't get to that minimum base level. And this base level varies for everyone. And I'm going to tell you this, especially as a professional um, educated woman, um, I'll have dudes who be like, they feel like to date me, they have to be like motherfucking on Diddy motherfucking status. And it's like, dude, you know, sometimes like the level that they feel that they need to be on is something that's just furthest from the motherfucking truth. You know, where they don't feel, especially if you're dealing with insecure men and women, they're never going to feel good enough. That is a battle that you are not going to fucking win. So please do not try it. You know, um, so the cure for this is achieving that minimum level of comfort or achievement will automatically free these people to love. But how far off are they from it? If they are far from their goal and playing second fiddle is much too much for you, you may want to, you know, scoot, <laughs> scoot a dude, pack your rags and go, boo, pack it up. You know, nothing to see here, nothing left to see here, boo. You might want to skedaddle, you know, otherwise you can state a minimum love requirement and ride along with them. These are the beautiful relationships starting when they had nothing and reached the top together. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Beware also that there are some people that never make space for a relationship and never stop achieving. These people often have boundless drive and ambition. So if you have like super duper ambitious people, and this is something I even I um I struggle with. I don't know when I'm gonna fucking be ready to fucking settle down. I don't know when I'm gonna, you know, be ready to have another fucking kid. I'd be like, another kid? Ugh, what? Oh God, excuse me. And Kingston is like, Poppy be fucking thirteen in June. And <laughs> like when he gets to a certain age, I'm gonna be like, who? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. I'm not pressing reset, you know, and, but I'm upfront about that, you know, like, Hey, I don't want you to waste your time. That's not where I am with that. So people can't be mad with me, but some people may not want to tell you that, you know, they just, Oh, you know, bullshitting you. So you need to ask them about their goals. You need to ask them where they see themselves and what they're open to. You know, do you see yourself as a father in two years? Do you see yourself as a married man? Do you see yourself as a mother? 
Do you see, like, ask them fucking questions, yo. This is your time, too. Stop allowing people to fucking waste them, especially with this unavailability. You know? So let's wrap this shit up. Emotional, emotionally unavailable means they will either never open up to love you or they will never show it. Which we may argue is one and the same. It can be a conscious or unconscious choice, genetic or cultural, a phase of life, or unchangeable. Whatever the fucking cause, it must change because there is no relationship without an emotional bond, people. I don't care how much sex y'all have. I don't care how much of a fucking sexual connection y'all fucking have. Get, please. I don't want to hear that shit. There is no relationship without an emotional bond. Anything, argue, don't argue with me. Mm -mm. I'm not here for that. Don't argue with me. I don't hear that shit. Yep. And the closer the relationship is, the more damaging a lack of emotional bond becomes. Ultimately, emotional unavailability hurts people and destroys relationships and it destroys people's perception of what love is, what relationships is, and what healthy motherfucking connections are. That's why I'm saying be proactive. And saving your motherfucking time and your fucking life. And sometimes your freedom. I'm just saying. Um, if you are in a relationship with an, with an emotionally unavailable person, I'm going to give you guys some steps that I would recommend, right? <laughs> Outside of get the fuck out of there. But I understand that, you know, sometimes we got to break it down for some people. And I, I get that. And that's cool. So, number one. Assess if you are dealing with an emotionally unavailable person. Think about the shit we just talked about. Does the shit ring bells? Is some bells ringing off in your fucking head right now? Okay, yeah. Determine why it's happening if you give a fuck. You know, some people like myself, all I need to know is you is wilding out. You are aligned to what we just discussed. And that's enough for me. I don't give a fuck why you're doing it. Next, determine if there is a solution. This is a big step. You know, then here's the fucking kicker. Ask yourself if you can or cannot deal with the consequences. And then, ladies and gentlemen, you'll even have your answer if you need to work on it or move on. The end. Hello? Are you there? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Think about it. So, I believe that we have time for a Dear Nikki letter. So, I am going to pull it up. I have not, like I said before, for the Dear Nikki um, column or letter, and you all can um, send those in. So, if you have a dilemma, um, a gripe, um, something, something that you're going through and you need, um, and you just need my perspective, you know, sending your, your, your letter to Dear Nikki, you will be anonymous. I do never say, 
um, names. I never give out identity. I just read it and I give my response. So you can do that. You can send that to um, A Nicole Inc. And that's A N I C H O L E I N C at gmail.com. Okay. So, um, yeah. So let's get into this week, shall we? Okay. <clears throat> Good morning. I've been following you for a while. I knew bits and pieces of your story, and my main question is your story. And my main question is, how are you able to effectively co-parent with your ex in light of the abuse he inflicted upon you? I hate my daughter's father so much for the things he put me through, physically and otherwise. The resentment is so strong, and although we've been separated for something like eight years, there were times when I allowed him back in and he did the same shit. Now I don't even bother on any level. It helps that he's in another state, but obviously he has no relationship with our daughter. I know I'm angry and I want to let go, but I can't even rationalize it with my mind to even be cordial. <sighs> All right. So I'm just going to, I mean, I'm just going to give it to you straight. I'm just going to give it to you the real deal holy feel, right? Because that's what you're writing in for, right? So um, last week... I talked about, um, I talked to, I talked my story about, um, recovering from domestic violence, you know, and I, I spoke a little bit about, um, who is now my ex-husband, um, like he struck me, he slapped me and choked me in front of Kingston, Kingston just right before he turned two and how I, I had to, I escaped with like literally the, like the clothes on our back, you know, I shamed everything, didn't want to call, you know, my family because they told me not to get back with him, you know, whatever. So um, Kingston and I went to a battered women's shelter and I just had the pampers on his ass um, because like I was able to like, like wrestle through, like in his phone rang, his job was calling him like, asking why he was taking so long to come back and he like she went to straighten up to answer and I saw that as an opportunity I fucking snatched King Bing up and I always hung keys by the fucking door to this day keys by the fucking door snatched them fucking keys up um went to open a door and his like his his hand came damn close the door you know he's on the phone with the job trying to have a shake trying to have a steady voice you know, or whatever, and I just fucking, uh, grabbed that fucking door, doorknob, opened it, yanked that shit open with all my fucking might, he let go, you know, not to make no fucking noise, and Kingston and I, I, we, I threw my baby in the motherfucking car, I had an Acura motherfucking coupe, locked it right when he went to go fucking put his hands on the fucking handle, and we drove off, and I remember saying, okay, now what? What the fuck? Now what? You're in, you're in South Carolina. You're in this new fucking place. No family. You know, um, like you don't know anybody. You're not working. You know, he said, you know, the, the stipulations of us getting back together. He was like, you know, just go to school. I'll work. You know, whatever. I had no job. I'm like, yo, I'm such a fish out of water. This is not me. I don't want to call my family. So like I said, 
Kingston Iron and Domestic Violence Shelter, um, I didn't have money to um, get him Pampers. And I remember calling my ex-husband and um, like pleading with him, like, please, like, I don't want anything. Like, can you just please, like, you don't even have to give me the money. If you can just get the pamper, you can, like, leave them, like, behind a trash can or something. Um, and this motherfucker had this motherfucking smirk in his voice. And I remember to this fucking day, and he was like, hmm, I'll meet you at Walmart with my half. When I tell y'all, I have never felt so fucking small in my fucking life. Never. Ever. Never. Like, <laughs> and that is why I hustle to this day. That is why, like, that has driven me. Because, like, I never want to go back and be that girl. Like, from then on, put a fire under my motherfucking ass. From then on. You know? Um, yeah. And look at me now. You know? A bitch got fucking stock in fucking Pampers now. Hello? Call all you there? Call all you there? Hmm. So just crazy you know and I'm not boasting it's just I'm just I like to try to you know show um women you know my sisters like this shit is fucking possible you know like you can fucking do it but anyway I'm sorry let me let me get the fuck off of me let me get back to the young lady so um I feel real impersonal today y'all so um to answer your question I do not co-parent with my ex-husband um, my ex-husband does not provide support, financial support. Um, my ex-husband feels like I got it. So you don't need to be asking me for it because you ball in now, you know, thank you very much. Your excellent mother. He's like one of those, right? Um, my ex-husband also knows that the only way to get to me is through Kingston because he can no longer affect me financially. He can no longer affect me, you know, like physically, you know, um, like because of him, like, you know, like my brother was like, yo, you got to get a fucking gun. You got to protect your fucking self. You know, now I wish a nigga fucking way. He knows. I, I fucking wish you would. Try me today, ho. You know, I was inexperienced back then. You know, I was a geek off the motherfucking streets back then. You know, now I'm handy with the motherfucking steel, if you know what I mean. Huh. Try me today, ho. So, um, anyway. Um, so yeah, I don't co-parent with him. I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious, but I don't co-parent with him because every exchange with him is like really snaky you know like they, they he's not realistic he's bitter it was one of those things like how could you divorce me this supposed to be the death do we part you wasn't supposed to get tired of me yeah what I did was whack but you don't get a nigga back like that you know um so like dealing with him is just like it's just so low vibrational you ever exchange with somebody and you can just feel like your energy just going down or your motherfucking IQ just going down. It's just, it's just not cool. And like, I don't like the way he does Kingston. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like the way he treats Kingston. 
you know, just total disrespect, just like not there for him, not not anything, you know, not anything. You know, Patrick has stepped in, thankfully, as Kingston's, you know, father, and he takes care of everything for Kingston. This motherfucker even had the nerve to motherfucking inbox him, you know, just bitch made shit. You know, like, and then, you know, definitely to see how far I've come, to see where I am now, to see where I live now and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I don't co-parent with him. And, you know, what the fuck do we need to talk about? You know, you are not assisting me financially with this kid. You're not assisting me, you know, on a fucking parental guidance level with this kid. You know, the only exchanges that you have with him is playing with him on a fucking PlayStation. You know, when it's time for motherfucking homework time, that's fucking Patrick. When it's motherfucking growing pain time, that's fucking Patrick. When it's time for motherfucking school supplies, motherfucking winter coats and and, and even motherfucking underwear, that's fucking Patrick. Oh no, that's me too. So, like, what do we have to talk about, especially if every exchange I have with you, you're going to be nasty? You know, I divorced you. I moved from South Carolina. I'm here. I'm motherfucking shining. I'm A-dot motherfucking Nicole Inc. You know, I'm I'm motherfucking shining. This is nothing that you and I have to motherfucking talk about. So, that's me. Now, with you, you're going to have to figure out what your boundary is. I did not want to deal with him at all. So at four years old, Kingston had his first cell phone and he's had his own cell phone since he was four years old. And when I tell people that they think, oh, you spoiling that kid, no ma'am and no sir. I did not wish to communicate with this man. So when you want to talk to our child, call him. You want to text him? text them and really that helped Kingston with his motherfucking um reading comprehension and picking up on 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 spelling and shit because there's nothing for you and I to talk about especially if you a bitter ass motherfucker and you want to make my life hell so you have to figure out what your boundaries are and you have to set them and you have to figure out not just what your boundaries are for exchanging with this person but what the boundaries are for your child for your children you know, what is going to ensure their mental health? And I'm going to say this. When you think about them boundaries for them children, don't be fucking selfish. Think about them boundaries for them children. Don't think about you. You know, be fair. Talk to your children if they're old enough. You know, and set them fucking boundaries. You know, don't, uh, please do not allow this man to come in and out of them babies' lives. And I'm going to say this, and a lot of people don't agree with me, and I don't give a fuck. I believe in keeping your fucking kids away from fucking men or women if they are fucking toxic to your fucking children. Because let me tell you something. When they come in and out of them fucking kids' life, and your children are fucking devastated and fucking falling apart by dealing with the fucking newest fucking departure. Guess who got to fucking deal with that and de-escalate that fucking kid or them fucking children? You. And why the fuck are you picking up on that fucking emotional baggage? And why are you allowing your child to be re-traumatized just because that's they father or that's they mama? 
So if he on that bullshit, it ain't shit for us to fucking talk about. Case in point, Kingston hit me up a couple of days ago. And he was like, well, mom, um, dad said that, um, yeah, he, so yeah, he will be able to, um, pay for my ticket for me to come down for Christmas. Oh, well, how nice of him for finally paying for you to come down there to see, cause I'm, I'm tired of it. You know, how nice of him to foot the motherfucking bill. Cause I'm over here paying for your motherfucking livelihood and everything. And for y'all motherfucking visitation. I'm just motherfucking daddy warbucks in this bitch, you know? And I was just like, you know, well, congratulations for your father, to your father for, you know, for being able to raise those funds. Um, however, did we forget how he did you this summer and stood you up? How he left you in a cold with a thin sweater and how you ain't heard from him since motherfucking then? And then we hitting each other up on a motherfucking PlayStation Humble and we going to gloss over that and talk about Christmas? No, no, sir. I'm no longer participating in that. No, he doesn't get to do that. No. And I didn't feel no type of motherfucking way about that. You know, because I am the one having to deal with Kingston, having to deal with the after effects of his father's motherfucking rejection. It's me who's over here paying the motherfucking co-pays for my child to go and see a motherfucking therapist and to do them motherfucking groups because it's a co-pay for that shit too. And I'm like, damn, it's for the fucking babies. All motherfucking services for babies should be free. But yes, that's me who has to deal with the fucking after effects. It's me who has to deal with my child's reactions to his actions. And it's you too. So think about that. Um, you say the resentment is strong. You know, um, you said you've allowed him back in and he's done the same shit. Um, what has he done to the child? You know, you said that he has no relationship with the daughter. So if he has no relationship with your daughter and he lives in another state, I just have a crazy question. Why are we trying to (laughs) co-parent? Why are we trying to co-parent, sis? Why are we trying to co-parent with someone who has clearly shown you that they have no, no interest, no interest, no nickel in that fucking quarter? That is your baby girl. Why are you putting yourself through that emotional labor? Hmm. Why are you scouting for fucking lazy employees for this precious ass motherfucking uh, foundation that you motherfucking have? Why? Why are you wasting your energy? That's the real question I need to ask you, Sissy Poo. Why? Why? You you can't co-parent with him. He does not want to. He has no relationship with your daughter. He lives in another state. And that's not even a fucking excuse because I know dudes that be on planes every weekend to see their babies. Like, literally, I have friends. People that I know. People that I talk to on the phone. Not people I've heard of. That be on flights every weekend to see their children. So that's not a fucking excuse. So, like, no. 
I wouldn't even direct my energy in that. What I would direct my energy in is healing myself from the resentment. You know, y'all been separated for eight years. You know, you still have that residual shit. You got to get that up off of you, sis. And maybe in the interim, he working on himself or he had come around, you know, and then y'all can meet each other, you know, on, on somewhat of a same plane, somewhat of the same level and then go from there. But at this, at this point, <clears throat> he's not willing and you're not ready, you know? So, um, and who says that you have to be fucking cordial? Who says that? I'm not saying you got to be disrespectful, but who says you got to engage? That was your last, that was your last thing. You know, I know I'm angry and I want to let it go, but I can't even rationalize it in my mind to even be cordial. Who says you have to be cordial, especially to somebody who does not want to have contact? You know, and who says that you have to engage with him just because he wants to engage with you? Huh? You don't have to engage with people just because they want to engage with you, especially sometimes he asks motherfuckers, please. If you're not fucking regular in my life and you think you're going to prioritize, no. Especially if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing for our child. Why are you giving him that respect? Or not even that respect, but that courtesy. I don't even like that word respect. Why are you giving him that courtesy? No, ma'am. So that is my answer to you. You cannot do it right now. Maybe not even ever. And that's cool. That's cool. And I want you to know that. Because when it was told to me, like, yeah, you, you, you and -and (laughs) so-and-so. His name wouldn't get no motherfucking airtime. You and -and so-and-so, you know, might not ever you know, be cordial. Y'all might not ever be cool again. And it like, when it was told to me, it was just so devastating. Like, oh my God, I don't want to be in this space for fucking ever with him. Like, fuck. But now, (laughs) who? Who? Mike Jones, who? Who? I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Sorry to this man. I don't know. Who, Kingston? Oh, um... Yeah, I, 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 I had a donor, you know, I, who, no, I don't even know who that man is. I, I, no, I don't know who he is. Never met him in my life. No, doesn't even, that doesn't even look familiar. You know, I have made peace with that, you know, and it's fine. You can still dwell in a great place. And I know that I make fun or whatever, but you know, you can dwell in a great place. You know, so you got this, sis. You good. You work on you. You work on baby girl. You know? And, you know, send them good intentions that he comes around for her. You know? And when he does come around for her, you will be okay with you and him and how he treated you. And you can better accept that, you know, on your terms. On baby girl's terms, you know, and you can roll with it instead of fuck. I'm still at this place where I I I, I can't see through this shit because I'm still mad at him. 
get that shit up off of you, sis. Unpack that motherfucking suitcase. I'm telling you to do that right now. Good life awaits you. Trust me. Oh, my God. I can tell you fucking story, Shandala Bosa. As soon as I laid down that motherfucking burden down by the riverside. I'm telling you. This is my time. This is more than my time. My producer is going to kill me, but I've been away from y'all, and I just wanted to love up on y'all a little bit. I hope everybody has had a great summer. I had a wonderful hot girl summer, a healing girl summer, a boss girl summer, all types of motherfucking summer, cut a motherfucker off summer, everything. And I hope that everybody had a great summer and that, you know, we're, we're, we're going into fall, you know, with great intentions, and we're looking forward to the year of our Lord 2020. So, um, this is my time. This is my time. And, um, we will be back to our regularly scheduled program next week. Until then, you can follow me on social media. I should have said this in the beginning, but my social media, the Instagram is Nikki's Thoughts, and that is N-I-K-K-I-E-S-T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S, um, for my sisterhood page, which is A Tribe Called Sis where every day is therapy Thursday with women empowerment and sisterhood empowerment. That is a tribe called sis at Instagram at tribe called sis. My website for that is www.atribecalledsis.com. My store, Black Sauce Brand. I have everything from organic um, bath and body line. I have healing crystals, sage, holistic care items, yoni steams, apparel, your one-stop shop for everything. You can catch us at Black Sauce, um, Instagram at Black Sauce Brand. The website is www.blacksaucebrand. Um, my nonprofit, I Just Want My People to Heal, that is a um, campaign or an organization that promotes um, mental health awareness in the Black community and reduces the stigma through education. And Instagram at I Just Want My People to Heal. The website is www.ijustwantmypeopletoheal.org. Hmm. I talked about the heat in this playground again, but let me go ahead and throw that. Um, the Instagram is heat in this playground. The website is www.theheatinthisplayground.com. I think I have everything. If not, you can go to my main website, which is um, www.anicoleinc.com, and that'll tell you everything about me and more, where to find my brands. Um, I hope that you all had a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Peace out.